Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas, with the simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. Philippines 4, 10 through 13. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of having content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Pray with me. Well, Father, I uh, want to thank you for these next few moments um, to gather around your word to see um, just what you are uh, teaching us this morning. Um, God, I pray that, that your word um, would speak powerfully to us, um, that your word would, would draw us into greater uh, intimacy with you this morning. And God, I ask that you would um, just speak boldly to each of us, that you would meet us right where we're at, and that you would speak boldly into our hearts, uh, that you would remind us of your love for us, your care for us, your concern for us, God, we love you. Thank you for this time. Uh, speak to us. Through Christ we pray. Amen. All right. Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Cole Ellerbrock. Uh, if we have not had the pleasure of meeting. Uh, I am the youth director and Vine Kids coordinator here. And uh, a little bit about me. Uh, I'm engaged, newly engaged as of a couple months. Yeah. Miss Alyssa Johnson right over here. Um, so that has nothing to do with the sermon, but I'm just really excited about it and wanted y'all to know that. Um, <laughs> But uh, to get started, uh, if you've been tracking with us over uh, the past couple weeks, we are in the final Sunday of a series called Discovering Joy. And what we've been doing in this series is walking through uh, Paul's letter to the uh, Philippians, and and we're examining how we can have uh, complete and total joy in walking with Christ in this world. Uh, And speaking of joy, or what you'll find out uh, in a moment, the exact opposite, actually, uh, I want you all to check out this video. It's time now for our beloved holiday tradition. Hey, Jimmy Kimmel, I told my kids I ate all their Halloween candy. Last night I ate all your candy. Why? Because it was good. You ruined my life! Yeah, we ate it all while you were sleeping. No! Oh, man, I'm going to eat it all. I'm going to eat it all. Jimmy Kimmel said I should eat all your candy. Okay? Okay, I'm gonna eat it all. Yeah, I'm gonna eat it. Okay, this is for me. Well, let's see. Jimmy Kimmel said I should eat this too. Okay. Okay, I think I'll eat All of it? All of it. Every single bite? Yeah. You must have a bellyache. <laughs> I got hungry last night. Eat an apple! <laughs> Daddy and I ate all of your candy. Those aren't real drawers, buddy. 
Get out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Man, uh, really just makes you want to do that to your kids, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, now, why do I start off uh, this morning with that video? Because what, what happens in this video, uh, what's important is that uh, these kids, we see uh, in, their, in their external circumstances, uh, the, their external circumstances took a dramatic uh, shift, which caused an internal uh, eruption, if you will. Uh, they had the candy taken away from them, and these kids uh, became monsters. Uh, and, you know, that, that video is a bit kind of on the extreme side, uh, but the truth is uh, we've all uh, kind of ex- have experienced what this video uh, is getting at. We've all had changes happen in our, in our external circumstances, some, some within our control, some, some completely outside of our control, uh, and, and these have caused us to have an internal uh, change. We all have this, this tendency within us that, that when certain things uh, happen to us, we can easily kind of freak out, and, and for a lot of us, we, uh, we face con- all these kind of consistent pressures uh, in our lives. You know, how do I handle this relationship? My my boss is, is killing me at work, and, and i got to perform. How can I afford this? Why, why is my body broken and, and not functioning uh, properly? Why aren't my kids responding well to me? Uh, and these difficult circumstances uh, are causing a lot of us to, to crumble. Um, and, and so this morning, uh, we're going to be looking at the concept of contentment. Uh, we're looking in the fourth chapter of Paul's letter uh, to the Philippians, and as we look at this letter, we're going to find a man who has found uh, the secret, as he says, to being content no matter the circumstance. Uh, He's found the secret to being uh, at peace, to to being okay, to having inner uh, peace when things are going great uh, and when he's in the midst of of the storm. This contentment uh, uh, at all times is a secret, Paul says, uh, that he's learned, and he's going to share it with us. And so the question uh, we're going to answer this morning, uh, we're going to look at three things. And the first thing, uh, we're going to look at, uh, at what exactly is and is not contentment, uh, what is the secret to getting this contentment that Paul says, uh, and once we know how to get it, uh, how do we apply it, and how does that change our lives, what does it mean for us? And so uh, just kind of a reminder of the context of, of this letter, Paul is in prison. He's received some, some opposition uh, for, for, for proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, and, and the result is he's put in jail. And, and while Paul is in prison, uh, the Philippian church, uh, by, by way of a man named Epaphroditus, uh, sends Paul a gift. Uh, and, and part of this was a financial gift. And, and the majority of, of this letter is essentially kind of a thank you note uh, to, to the Philippian church. And, uh, and in response to receiving this gift from the Philippian church, Paul then writes this. It says, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. So what is contentment exactly? Paul, uh, the first thing Paul points out is that it's learned. Uh, He says, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I have learned the secret of of facing plenty 
uh, and hunger. He's saying it's, it's a skill. It's something that is, that is practice. He's not saying that uh, it's just something that maybe some people are gifted with and some people uh, aren't. It's, it's not just maybe for the more type B personalities and not for the type A's. Uh, no, he's saying it's something uh, that is learned and practiced and over time and it's, it's a skill. Uh, I, I love the, kind of moving on, I love the way the Holman uh, Bible Dictionary defines contentment. Uh, it says an internal satisfaction which does not demand changes in external circumstances. An internal satisfaction which does not demand changes in external circumstances. Contentment is something that's internal. It, it's, it's, it's inward. It's not uh, on the outside. It's not just sort of looking like you have everything together externally, but it's this internal satisfaction, this internal uh, peace, if you will. It doesn't demand changes in external circumstances. It's not uh, affected by, our ex- uh, by our, the experiences that happen to us, whether good uh, or bad. Now, I want to be uh, clear. This doesn't mean uh, that you just ser- merely sort of ignore your circumstances. It doesn't mean you're, you're ignorant to, to the hardship or to the storm uh, happening around you. It's not being in denial uh, of what's going on. That's not true contentment. We all know, uh, we all know someone who, when you ask how they're doing, uh, and you know everything's going terribly, and they're just like, yeah, fine. I'm, excuse me, I'm just wiping tears from my eyes. I'm fine. So blessed. I'm happy. You know, I'm fine. Everything's great. No, that's not true contentment. It's not being ignorant to the hardship uh, going on around us. It's, it's, it's not being unwilling to, to come face-to-face uh, with your circumstances, if you will. But it's honestly acknowledging your difficulties, acknowledging what's going on and saying, even in the midst of this, I'm okay. I'm at peace. Paul in 2 Corinthians himself says, I am sorrowful yet always Rejoicing. Jesus himself was, was flooded with tears uh, when his good friend Lazarus passed away. It's not just sort of mulling over your difficulties with, with, with like a fake happiness. It's honestly coming face to face with your problems and saying, I know uh, what's going on uh, is terrible, but even so, I'm okay. I've learned to be at peace in the midst of this. And I, I do also want to add kind of another little caveat to this um, uh, this, this contentment doesn't mean you don't uh, express your problems to God or, or to a friend. Um, contentment, uh, or God is, is honestly the, the first person that we, that we should bring uh, our issues and, and requests to. And the communities that we should all be plugged into uh, should be a place where we can voice our problems. God often uses those moments of time with him and time with uh, his people uh, to bring about peace, to bring about contentment in the, in the midst of various uh, circumstances. So looking back at that definition, uh, this internal satisfaction that doesn't demand changes in external circumstances. Paul makes it very clear uh, to the Philippians. He says, thank you for sending me this this gift, but I want you to know that even if you didn't, even if I didn't receive your gift, uh, that wouldn't have changed my peace. He says, not that I'm speaking of being in need. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of, of facing plenty and hunger, abundance, and need. Paul was, was, was in a difficult circumstance, one, one far more than I could probably even imagine myself, but, uh, and, and he received this money from, from the Philippians, and he's saying, even though you gave me this money, even though you gave me this awesome gift uh, in the midst of a hard time, it doesn't change my, my internal satisfaction. If I'm brought low uh, or if I'm abounding, my inner peace, it's unchanged, it's steady. Uh, and, and some of us don't know how to be, as, as Paul says, brought high. 
Uh, and when things are going really well and you maybe get that promotion or, or get that new car that everyone's going to notice or, or your child maybe starts getting those scholarship offers, uh, it's easy for us to place our hopes and, and identity uh, in these things. And the reality is these circumstances, these, these things that sort of uh, puffs up or, or, or put us in these high places, uh, if we put our hope in these things, they'll never bring us the satisfaction we thought they would. Uh, John Rockefeller, one of the richest people to ever live, uh, was once asked, you've probably heard this quote before, he was once asked, how much money is enough? And he famously responded, just a little bit more, right? Now, none of us here uh, are probably Rockefeller wealthy, I would assume. If not, uh, we can talk after the service. But uh, I wonder wonder if this quote sort of resonates with any of us. We often want to be brought high. We often want to have more and more stuff. We often want more and more people uh, to like us, more and more uh, comfort or or stability, this car, this job, thinking that they'll satisfy us uh, and bring us peace. But the reality is they they never do when we put our hope and identity in those things. Um, They often create all sorts of pride or, or insecurities in us. Some of us don't know how to be, as Paul says, brought low. Uh, and when things go south uh, in our lives, we don't, we don't know how to handle it. And we just sort of feel like we're maybe at a loss or, or we want to crumble. And, and a lot of us in here are going through some really difficult uh, things. Maybe grieving the loss of a family member or a friend. Um, maybe there's been a broken relationship in your family. Going through a tough breakup. Going through a period of unemployment. Um, and, you, and you're just sort of at a loss and, and don't know what to do, don't know how to move forward, sort of have this overwhelming sorrow, just kind of feel like you're in a pit that we can't dig yourself out of. Um, but Paul is saying to us this morning, and even in the midst of this storm, even while I'm here in prison, riding in chains and being consistently beaten for my faith, I'm at peace. My circumstances are horrible, but my inner peace is unchanged. I'm satisfied in all circumstances. It's interesting, the song we sang earlier, uh, It Is Well, um, is a hymn that was written by a man named Horatio Spafford back in 1873. Uh, Him and his wife uh, had four daughters and a son, and uh, in 1870, uh, a few years before writing it, uh, his son passed away due to scarlet fever. Uh, And then three years later, um, Horatio's wife and, and his four daughters were taking a trip over to Europe, and Horatio had to stay in the States for a little while. Um, he was going to join them a little later in Europe, and um, his wife and his daughters uh, were taking a boat over to Europe, and while on that boat, uh, the ship hit another one, uh, the ship collapsed, uh, and it killed all four daughters, uh, and the wife survived. And a few days later, uh, Horatio hears word about this, and so he heads over to Europe uh, to be with his grieving wife, uh, and while he's heading over to Europe, he writes these words. When Pete, that are from the hymn it as well. Uh, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Saying my world's been wrecked, I'm filled with sorrow, but I'm okay. Because my satisfaction and peace isn't determined by what happens to me. Uh, so this all sounds uh, great, but how do we get this contentment that Paul's talking about? What's the secret that he says? He said there's a secret to being content, and it's in the next verse, in verse 13 that we read. He said, I can do all things, or I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. 
Paul, in prison, writing this letter, being beaten uh, for his faith, says, even in the midst of this, I'm okay because my strength does not come from me. My strength's not my own. My strength comes from another. It comes from the God who, who loves me, who cares for me, who upholds me. My contentment uh, doesn't come from my own <clears throat> willpower or strength or just from maybe thinking positively, but no, it comes from Christ himself. Now, uh, there's a lot of misconceptions kind of uh, about this verse. You've probably heard it before or maybe seen it on a coffee cup. Um, uh, or maybe like on a, like a chest tattoo or a UFC shirt or, or something like this. And, and people tend to maybe take this verse and, and say that I can uh, run through a wall or jump off a 10-story building and survive or uh, hit a home run or, or beat this guy up because God wants me to. Um, and, and I think that that's a little bit misguided, uh, not exactly what, what, what Paul's getting at here. Um, while Paul's in prison, he's saying, uh, and things aren't going okay, he's saying, I'm okay. And I can still be at peace because my strength, my satisfaction uh, doesn't come from me. I'm dependent upon another. My strength comes from God himself. Uh, Gerald Hawthorne, who is this longtime uh, theologian and seminary professor, he writes this uh, about this uh, verse. He says, the secret of Paul's independence was his dependence upon another. His self-sufficiency in reality came from being in vital union with the one who is all-sufficient. Christian contentment is based upon being radically dependent upon the God who is all-sufficient. Radically dependent upon this God who loves you, who cares for you, who cares for your every need, uh, who, who loves you and upholds you. This week, um, I was reading Psalm 73, uh, and for the last couple days, I've just been really kind of struck uh, by the words uh, written in verse 23. The psalmist in there says, uh, nevertheless, I, the psalmist, am, co- am continually with you, you being God. You, God, hold my right hand. Have you ever stopped to, to think that the God of the universe is holding your hand? Um, the, the creator, the cosmos, the, the one sort of running the show on this whole thing called life uh, is holding your hand. Have you ever stopped to think about how remarkable that is? God's saying, I'm right here with you in the good and the bad. I'm linked up with you, holding you, supporting you. I'm completely aware of everything going on uh, in your life, and I'm holding your hand. When we realize the, the, the gravity of this, uh, of God being, being near to us, walking with us, um, shepherding us, uh, this brings about peace and is truly the secret of contentment, of Christian contentment in all circumstances. Um, some of y'all have I've, I've shared this story with before, but... Um, Two summers ago, I uh, was, was work, working in college ministry, and um, I was leading an international mission trip to Greece uh, with, or where I was leading some college students over there. And so we get all the way over uh, to Greece, and I've been, we've been there about a week, and getting everything set up, starting to, uh, do, uh, starting to share the gospel with folks. And um, about a week into the trip, uh, I get called over to our sort of uh, leader's house, and uh, he calls me into his place, sits me down on his couch, and says, Cole, um, we actually just got word um, that your father has passed away. Um, Completely out of the blue, totally unexpected, um, heart attack, just gone uh, overnight. Um, And so uh, I then, uh, in that moment, uh, start uh, they got flights figured out for me, and so I fly from 
where we were in Yanina to Athens to Frankfurt to Dallas, uh, and I get all the way back to Dallas uh, from Greece, and uh, it just starts pouring down rain. Um, and my flight from Dallas to Houston, I'm from Houston, and uh, my flight from Dallas to Houston just gets delayed. And it gets delayed, and it gets delayed, and it gets delayed, and I'm in the Dallas airport for about nine hours. Um, and in this moment, throughout the last 24 hours, uh, I was just a wreck, obviously. Um, I'm fighting back tears. I'm, I'm, I'm mad. I'm, I'm angry. I'm just sort of at a loss. don't really know uh, kind of what's going on, really. And so um, uh, I'm in the DFW airport, and I decided I'm just going to go to a corner, kind of be my, by myself. I don't want anyone around me. And, um, and I started to pray. Because uh, I, I just felt like I was like, I, I don't know what else to do. Um, and, and I said, God, you know, I'm, I'm upset. I'm, I'm tired. Um, I'm hurting. I, I miss Dad. I don't, I don't really know what's going on right now. Um, but um, I know that you're good. I know you're holding my hand. I know you're my strength. Um, and in that moment, just thoughts of the Lord just started pouring into my mind, uh, into my heart. And I began to realize uh, what is going on right now is absolutely horrific, but uh, I'm okay because the God who is all-sufficient is my sufficiency. It doesn't come from me. My peace, my satisfaction, my sufficiency, it's not from me, but it's from another. Um, Paul says for the Christian, you can be all right when everything's not all right. <laughs> uh, so my question for you is, where, wh- what do you do when, when things maybe go south? Uh, in your life, when your external circumstances uh, are, are wrecked, where does your heart and mind go? Does it go maybe towards uh, lashing out at people or sort of uh, sitting in, in bitterness? Do you go to things to maybe just try and like numb the pain? Because uh, if so, I want us to realize that we can turn to Him who's able to be our sufficiency at all times. Or, 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 or where do you go maybe when things are going great for you as well? Uh, does the promotion or, uh, or the raise or the approval you're maybe getting from this person, uh, does, does that maybe bring about pride or, or idolatry? Or, or is our response, thank you, God, for this gift that you've given me, but my satisfaction isn't, isn't in this promotion. My, my satisfaction, my peace, isn't changed uh, by, by this raise. Uh, it's found in you, in your strength. Um, and so to, uh, to conclude, I wanted to just kind of go through a little bit of application uh, with us. And, I, and I'll just say this, that as we recognize that we can be a people uh, who are at peace and have this inward satisfaction despite our circumstances around us, because we are eternally satisfied, uh, this, should, this should actually lead us to be incredibly dissatisfied with the brokenness of the world uh, around us. Because the Christian should be the most content person, he or she should also be the most uh, discontent person, if you will. As, as we look out into a world uh, that is broken and we see people maybe who are drowning uh, in sin or, or seeking for satisfaction in things that we know won't satisfy, um, we have the opportunity to share this message of peace uh, and contentment with them. As we press into um, the God who uh, is peace, who is contentment, uh, our heart should start to break for what breaks God's heart. And that should cause us to move uh, to the broken of this world, to the hurting, um, to the hopeless. That should cause us to move. Um, because our sufficiency is, uh, is, not, is, is not found in ourselves, but is found 
uh, in God, this should cause us to, to, to move, to share this message of, of, of our strength not coming from ourselves, but our strength coming from uh, the eternal God of the universe. Uh, I, I can't think of a better time, specifically sort of in our country right now, when, uh, when this message of eternal satisfaction in a relationship with Jesus should be shared. We see all sorts of people sort of outraged about, about the way things are going, losing hope uh, in, in where things are at right now, and we have the opportunity to step into that, to press into that and say, hey, I know things aren't going well right now. I know things aren't, maybe aren't looking the way we thought they would. Um, there's a lot of hatred happening right now, but you know what? There's a way to have peace uh, and contentment and be totally unchanged by these circumstances uh, happening around us, maybe out of our control or in our control. Uh, our contentment in Christ should, be, uh, should cause us to be discontent with the brokenness in the world around us. So to wrap up, uh, this, this series we've been going through is about discovering true and lasting Joy, And as we wrap it up, I want to invite you to, to press into this Jesus who is offering you eternal, satisfying joy, contentment, peace, no matter the circumstance. We have a God who loves us and cares for us uh, more than we can imagine. Do you recognize, do you stop to maybe think about that the God of the universe cares for you, cares for every single one of your needs? This is the God who loves us and cares for us so much that he was willing to step out of the glory of heaven and come into earth on a rescue mission. A few weeks ago, we talked about in Philippians 2, uh, these verses, that Jesus Christ, who is in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and becoming obedient uh, to the point of death, even <clears throat> death on a cross. Jesus said, I, I see my people looking for satisfaction and peace and things that I know is going to leave them uh, empty and dry, and I'm not okay with that. I'm going to step into that. I'm going to step out of the glory of heaven, come into earth to love people, to serve them, and, and, and meet their ultimate need uh, of living a perfect life and dying a death on a cross that we deserve so that we could be forgiven and be made right with God. That's the God. Uh, that we can press into, who wants to be our sufficiency, who wants to be our strength.